Chapter Five of the Lark by E. Nesbitt. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. It is pleasant to be able to record that Jane, alone in the dark with a wildly painful ankle at the foot of the stairs down which she had just pitched head first, on hearing that scream and knowing all too well the accents of Lucilla in terror, did, in spite of the pain and the ankle and the darkness, hoist herself on hands and one knee the other foot dragging red-hot behind her to the top of the stairs just so and not otherwise had lucilla screamed one night at school when daisy simmons the school's incomparable ninny had put a sheet over her head and pretended to be a ghost gliding up to a sponge and towel-laden lucilla coming all glowing and fearless from the bathroom after that lucilla had fainted suppose she fainted now alone in that dark house the thought was enough to nerve our jane to effort but at the top of the stairs the most extraordinary sensation caught her a curious feeling like flying a creeping sensation at the back of the neck a fancy that the ivy-green window was going round slowly but indubitably these warned her she sat down on the top step and shut her eyes if you think she spoke silently to the universe if you think that i'm going to faint i'm not i must find out what has happened to lucy i shall shut my eyes and go on in a minute so she shut her eyes but she did not go on what had happened to lucilla is soon told with her heart as they say in her mouth she climbed the steep stairs went along the corridor and feeling her way went more slowly though she did not mean to go more slowly down the wide shallow steps of the front staircase the first door to the left she kept saying to herself the first door to the left and so reached the lowest step turned to the left felt for the door and pushed it open and even as she did so something leaped at her before she knew whether she was assailed by the claws of a wild beast or merely by the iron arm of the law she found her two wrists clasped by hands not by fangs she noted after she had sent that one wild scream echoing through the house she felt her left wrist transferred to the same strong fingers that held her right and a low voice said don't scream it's no use come along and she was being urged quite gently towards the front door with his free right hand her captor opened the door and the bright spring sunshine struck at her eyes blindingly she closed them and before she could open them again she felt that her wrists were released she opened her eyes and found herself on the moss-green doorstep leaning against the heavy doorpost trembling shivering decontrolled and facing her very deeply and obviously discountenanced a young man a handsome young man the very exactly and beyond any doubt same young man who had thrust himself among the remnants of their arbor breakfast to ask the way to leabridge well he said slowly i'm i know you are said lucilla breathlessly of course you would be but we're not burglars we just well you remember we had breakfast at the rose and crown yes he said and as she seemed to advance so he seemed to accept this certificate of respectability but why he asked how are you he added breathing more freely in the clear air of a sudden enlightenment 
a party with an order to view lucilla hesitated no she said how could we with that insane board it doesn't let you have orders to view the young man threw his head back and laughed come he said what have you been up to tell me all about it well said lucilla who had slowly been recovering her wind and her sang-froid the first thing to tell you is that my friend has pitched head first down your treacherous back stairs and broken her leg good lord said the young man and you're standing here talking to me about boards i'm only just recovering from your catching hold of me like a ghost said lucilla and before we go any further do you mind defining the situation defining yes are you arresting us for burglars or oh don't be silly said the young man with a lamentable want of polish well then said lucilla coldly and carefully explanatory my friend has fallen down the back stairs of this hateful house she thinks she's broken her leg will you help me what do you take me for he said where is she come on you won't send us to prison lucilla insisted don't be so extremely silly said the young man no manners said lucilla to herself where is she come on so it happened that jane in that shivery strange borderland that lies between you as you are and you as you are in mad dreams heard footsteps coming near and voices look out said lucilla you'll tread on her but you said she was at the bottom of the stairs i heard you scream and i came as far as i could said jane very carefully not opening her eyes help me to get hold of her that's right said the young man now cut along down and open the shutters in the dining-room no the kitchen will be best yes you can take the candle he had jane in his arms by now quite easily for jane was thin and slight it was no fine figure of a woman that he laid on the long kitchen-table but a small slender brown-haired person with a white sharp-chinned elfish face which she instantly covered with an arm the young man took off his coat and rolled it up and laid it under her head then very matter-of-fact which foot he said the other one said jane kicking slightly with the uninjured leg he took off her shoe and felt the ankle oh don't said jane but he took no notice presently he said no bones broken thank goodness now look here he went on there's a copper full of hot water in here the char was charring get a basin or something on this chair and bathe her foot as hot as you can bear your hands in it keep on with that and don't let the girl get cold i'll go and get some brandy and a carriage i'm all right said jane i don't want brandy i hate brandy go ahead with the hot water he said to lucilla yes that's the scullery in there but i've just thought he pulled a bunch of keys from his pocket there might be something in the cellar it's just worth trying anyhow we haven't stolen anything lucilla comforted herself as she lifted pails and jugs and copper lids if he steals things out of the cellar he can't have the face to give us up to justice she had set a clean pail of hot water on a chair augmented by a hassock and got jane's stocking off and was bathing the swollen ankle before he came back the keys clinking against a bottle 
where he asked sternly where do people keep corkscrews kitchen corkscrews i don't know said lucilla i never have corkscrews to keep anywhere is that brandy no old port well there are more ways of killing a cat than choking it with butter he retreated to the scullery and they heard the tinkle of broken glass he came back with the beheaded bottle and two teacups here he said to lucilla you first oh don't be silly think what a shock you've had i thought you were a ghost or pretending to be it's just as bad i don't like wine well drink this or i shall think it's a ghost i'm seeing i'm sure you're white enough that's right now lift her head and i'll hold the cup i hope she isn't going to make a fuss no i'm not said jane shortly raised her head and drank steadily thank you that'll do me lots of good but really i'm all right you know yes you look all right said he and for the first time his eyes dwelt on jane's face lucilla who happened to be looking at him remarked an extraordinary flash of something it couldn't be recognition because he had not seen jane at all on the morning of the inn breakfast it could not be admiration for poor old jane was looking like a cross sick kid but there was something no doubt of that whatever it was there it was lucilla told herself then she looked at jane to see if jane had noticed and there was something about jane's face too something odd the young man was moving about the kitchen picking things up and putting them down quite aimlessly embarrassed by a dish-cover he walked to the window and absently set the cover down on a chair then he tapped a copper warming-pan as though it had been a barometer lucilla continued her splashing ministrations i'm much better now thank you said jane suddenly i believe i could walk home i will go now for that carriage said he and i'll get some bandages you stick to the hot water i say said jane feebly well don't tell anybody will you not till we've had a chance to explain we're not really so black as as your fancy painted us if you let people know we shall have to fly the neighborhood you won't will you by jove he said you are better i told you i was said jane impatiently you won't tell will you silent as the grave said he you can trust me the secret shall be buried with me and he went the moment the sound of his footsteps had died away on the gravel outside jane sat up and swung herself round so that both feet hung from the table lucy she said let's go let's get out of it i can't face him and tell him what fools we were i wasn't said lucilla thank you dear said jane what a fool i was then if i lean on you we could get away and be gone when he comes back with the carriage we should meet him said lucilla stolidly bathing the ankle halfway home and then we should look like fools both of us what do you want to run away for he's very nice i like him very much i think he's got a very nice face you think all young men have such nice faces even chauffeurs said jane well he has and look here jane what was he doing here anyhow what right had he to send the charwoman off how did he come by the keys of the cellar 
how did he know how big the kitchen table was you mark my words he's the owner but he's not old said jane feebly resisting the flood of lucilla's eloquence he's thirty i dare say and boys think everybody's old but mrs doveton oh hers was only hearsay you mark my words you said that before and i'll keep on saying it you mark my words he's the owner and if we play our cards well he'll let us the house but you said it's too big and we couldn't afford the rent and the army of gardeners and i don't care what i said that was before i'd seen him he's the owner i feel it in my bones jane do be decent to him i feel this is a turning point in our careers i feel that this house is going to be the making of us it's very nearly been the unmaking of me said jane raised on her elbow to discuss the question more actively i feel as though i'd had about enough of the house no don't tell me to mark my words i can't bear it if you say that again i shall scream let me get off this table anyhow and be right side up before your nice young friend comes back look here if that ankle's to be bandaged at all it ought to be now i feel it in my bones as you're so fond of saying can't you find something a roller towel lucilla found one and split it into bandages with a carving knife if he takes wine we may take towels she said and bandaged the red swollen ankle now get my stocking on before he comes back what a blessing we wear sensible opaque stockings i don't think there's anything in the world more loathsome than red legs showing through the thin black of imitation silk stockings now shut the shutters give me that broom it'll make a lovely crutch where are you off to lucilla followed the clump clump of the broom to where there's a looking-glass said jane i don't agree with you about his nice kind face but if he was a criminal insane south sea islander i shouldn't like to show myself to him upright with my head like a bird's nest and my face wet with your tears oh yes i felt you crying over me when he'd gone for the wine i didn't said lucilla indignantly dear old thing said jane i enjoyed it you're not half a bad old thing are you lucy it was some time before the young man returned with the mouldering relics of a landau drawn by something which must once as he said have been a horse the blue cloth lining of the carriage had turned to a livid green and the cushions were as he did not fail to point out fossilized by the centuries but he humbly confessed it was the best he could do where shall i tell him to go he asked when jane had been made comfortable with lucilla beside her or would you rather he lowered his voice beyond the hearing of the tottering relic enthroned on the box would you rather i told him to drive along and you'll tell him later thank you said jane but lucilla said no of course not tell him hope cottage and thank you ever so and good-bye said jane but look here said he i must know how the ankle goes on may i call this evening to-morrow i can't just say good-bye in this heartless way and not know whether our first aid was successful 
of course not said lucilla heartily besides we owe you a roller towel no i can't explain now but will you come to-morrow and what time said he oh er i don't know tea-time i suppose said lucilla tell him to drive on please said jane coldly the decayed remains of a carriage were set in motion and the young man was left planted there as the french say on the doorstep of cedar court well he said as he turned to lock the big dark door well i really am completely and without any nonsense about it i am the parlor was made pretty with flowers not too many lucy we don't want to look like the florists we are keep out the professional touch if you can said jane and jane her foot hardly hurting at all lay on the narrow empire sofa covered with a paisley shawl that lucilla had most opportunely found that very day in a previously unexplored hair trunk in the attic and there are all sorts of other things there too she told her friend silk gowns and scarves and fans and parasols but i wouldn't really explore it till you could too i just took the shawl it was on the top it seemed like the hand of providence and there were satin shoes and lace petticoats and satin ones they'd be gorgeous those things for dressing up or charades and another thing we can cut them up and make dresses for ourselves that's the best of those old dresses six yards round you seem very jolly to-day said jane almost morosely from her nest of paisley and holland-coloured silk tussor they call it i believe well you see our first tea-party is just going to happen and you don't tell me to mark my words said jane because i can't bear it i won't said lucilla stopping short in her final touches to the already almost over-arranged room i'll say something quite different where did you see him before what said jane sitting bolt upright well you have seen him before haven't you who said jane uselessly him the man that you won't let me tell you to mark my words about you have seen him before haven't you i don't think so i i really don't exactly know no of course i haven't well said the exasperated lucilla and then the doorbell rang why said jane it's hardly half-past three he must be simply longing for his tea it's all right said lucilla thank goodness we're perfectly tidy too tidy murmured jane he'll know we can't always live like this nobody could and then mrs doveton flung back the door and the gentleman you was expecting she announced sympathetically jane looked stony but lucilla turned with a kind and welcoming smile but the smile was as old novelists say frozen on her lips when she confronted not the young man with the nice kind face but a tall gaunt grizzled old man with bushy eyebrows and uncompromising side-whiskers er said lucilla quite so said the old man allow me to introduce myself i am the master of cedar court which you yesterday did me the honour to explore er said lucilla fluttering hopelessly 
but jane said how do you do and held out a warm welcoming hand how very good of you to come she went on i can't get up because i sprained my ankle on your dark stairs yesterday that's the most comfortable chair do sit down and let us tell you all about everything humph said the master of cedar court but he sat down End of chapter 5